by Riverside. Yo, what's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? Hope you're doing well. This is It's Not Canon, the show. Again, I am your co-host for the show, Chase Bank at your absolute service, and my counterpart, the big guy. If he's lying, he's flying. Ryan, how you feeling? Man, I am tired. This newborn's killing me. Um, <laughs> how you doing, sir? I, I, I want to hear more about, and I want us to start off with ShoeCon from Chicago. Yes, yes, yes. This, man. So uh, we just recently went to Sneaker Fest. So this was technically my second one ever going to. Um, it was absolutely amazing uh, to see all the different kind of vendors out there. If you were ever looking for or trying to get your Jordan game up, so to say, or if you want to get in playoff mode, feel free to ever go to one. You can find any Jordans that you're looking for specifically. I personally am not a huge Jordans guy. I like the LeBrons and the different variants of the different kinds of shoes that you can find out there. But again, if you ever want to get in playoff mode, feel free to go and, um, man, get your shop on and get your game up. And also me specifically, I kind of like to go for the different kind of vendors you can come across, all different kinds of clothing vendors or even artists. Uh, for any of our listeners, you may not be able to see it, but uh, for future references, I do have some art uh, from a vendor that we came across called uh, Maldudes at M-A-W-D-O-O-D-S. Some free, uh, <laughs> some free publicity for you, sir. Um, he makes a lot of his art out of Nike shoe boxes. So, Ryan, I sent you over the link to the guy's Instagram page or uh, his normal Google, if you want to take a look at it, this guy is very, very talented. So if you're ever looking to get anything um, different or little, put a little bit of different flavor inside of your own home or your workspace, everything that brighten up some color, feel free to take a look at it. This guy's good. This is only some of the stuff he had brought. Like, this guy is good. So just out of curiosity for for the the ideas of people that might be into uh, doing something like this, like Shukan or Sneaker Fest, um, in in the retrospect of the geekdom world, is it as big as Comic Con? Like, is it a massive place where it's just filled with shoes and art and clothing, or is it just like a like a small like hotel like um, ballroom that it's all in? Uh, this place is actually pretty pretty big uh the first one i went to was like this huge warehouse and it was just like a whole bunch of vendors basically uh people who have like shoe shops all around or shoe stores i should say all around the chicagoland area come there they'll post up to see all their different kind of specialty shoes people who are in general admission can come and if you have a specific kind of shoe or um jordan at all that has a special release you can go in there to either sell them trade them exchange them um or if you're looking to buy anything of that nature you're more than welcome to go it's literally for shoe heads which i find myself turning into so just for the shout out for people i'm checking out this instagram as we're sitting here talking and if anyone's a pokemon fan there is uh you're a pokemon fan you want to tell us that uh the i know pikachu um, Squirtle's the other one, and Charizard that I'm seeing up here. Is that correct? Yes, yes, yes. We got the baby Charmander. 
Um, he also done the Powerpuff Girls are in here. Literally everything is done with Nike shoe boxes, the Nike sign, Nike logo, super duper dope. Kirby's in here. Um, there's a Rick and Morty one in here. Shout out to all the Rick and Morty fans out there. Believe me, we're going to show you some love. Uh, we're going to get that episode going in a little bit, but he has a huge variance of art within and, and dude, this guy's good. Very humbled about it too. So for for fans that are actually paying attention, we do now have a Twitter page where I am uh, pub, somewhat publishing. I'm not a huge, like I said before, social media guy. I will uh, make sure we shout out him on Twitter um, so everyone can find his name on um, Instagram so you guys can check out his art. But the guy seems to have some beautiful pieces there. So, yeah, check it out. Solid. Um, so, sir, I'll let you kick off the, uh, the topic at hand today. All right, so our topic for today will be Marvel Trilogies. So again, I know we have expressed this many, 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 many times, but we are huge fans of comic book world, the comic book universe in general, whether it is Marvel or DC. Me, I'm a little bit more biased towards Marvel, so yay Marvel. And on today, we are actually going to discuss the Marvel Trilogies, looking at the differences and Every trilogy that has been released up to this point, and we mean all of them, the good, the bad, and the not so good. I'm not going to say ugly because we could say ugly, but, you know, the the, the not so good. <laughs> so we're going to take a look at what works, what doesn't work, what has been the trends for being a successful trilogy, and what do we think has led to the, the, the bad ones. Um. Yeah, we can say ugly because there is some ugliness. We, we, yeah, we, we definitely probably use the word ugly here and there. Um, Agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and for our fellow listeners, again, like we said, uh, huge fans of comic books all around, and I know we're going back to back on the episodes here on that, but we do discuss other things, so do not forget about that. But today, in the light, light spirit of the Guardians being released this weekend, we do not do spoilers here. So we will be discussing just the, the trilogies out there. We will be discussing how they have three films now but and where they rank, but we will not be discussing the, the um, Guardians, what is it, Volume 3 is called. Um, in theaters right now. I don't know. I have a newborn at home. I don't know these things anymore. <laughs> uh, so, um, but yeah, we'll, uh, spoiler free. We always try to keep it spoiler free. Um, we'll save that for what we like to call our list episodes later on within the year. We'll list out the best Marvel films, our best Marvel films in order what we like them as we're shooting for end of year, maybe a little bit sooner, do something maybe in the summer. So you can kind of see that that may also end up on YouTube. But let's get up onto this chase with us. The the uh, where you want to kick this off with? I would like to start with technically the very first release out of. Wait, not wait, wait. Yep, the very first release out of the trilogy movies, and that would be X Men that released in two thousand. Wait, wait, so wait, wait. I thought Blade was in the nineties. Uh, wait, hold on. Oh, wait, hold on. That was Blade trilogy. Wait. I think Blade Trilogy ended in the early 2000s. I could be wrong, though. Blade was 1998. That it was. Nice catch there. Hold on. Blade. When when did Spider-Man come out? Um, Tobey Maguire? Yep. Well, I have the list up, so I'm I'm technically cheating at the moment. But what do you... Go ahead. I'm I'm looking. I'm just... I don't even know what it's called. I'm going to have to type in Tobey Maguire here to find out. 2002. So then it would be... Was X-Men was 2000, you said? 
So it would be Blade, X-Men, and Spider-Man. Okay. Yep. Just so, so we'll keep it in, in somewhat order. But, all right, Blade. All and right, so. Blade, of course, it is uh, the vampire hunter himself. The half-bred. The absolute stone-cold killer that does not drink blood. I think that this trilogy was downhill after the first one was released. And, of course, for all of our listeners, we're not bashing any of the movies because at some form of another, this wasn't part of my childhood, my growing up, my upbringing. It's just uh, some of the movies, as you could tell from probably some of the dynamics on the film, it just did not work out as they originally thought. Blade is the original, the very first one that was released, I thought was absolutely fantastic. I watched this movie with my dad and my brother multiple, multiple times. Absolutely loved it. I thought the plot was great. And we all know that uh, Wesley was um, a uh, martial arts expert himself. So being able to portray that and also be a superhero in a sense and also, to save the Marvel Universe during that time, because if I'm not mistaken, weren't they about to go bankrupt or something of that nature? Yeah, they were They were suffering with the comics a little bit. They were, they were losing out to DC, especially with the Wildstorm being so big at the time as well. Because um, you also had the Batman films that were just hitting their stride, even with George Clooney's one. Uh-huh. So they had to, they had to um, combat in it, and for some reason, I believe back in... 80s there was well they had the tv shows they had the um the um the whole the incredible hulk but they were they were not doing good with the stories you could you could tell by the reflection of the the amount of pockets on someone's belts in the 90s of how bad marvel was at the time um but they they weren't doing good um blade was an attempt i think mostly that's a spike lee you know Spike Lee. He's he's that type of person that he's gonna do whatever he wants anyway. And he, I believe he directed the first run of him right because it screams Spike Lee when you watch it. Um, am I right on that? Uh, let's take a quick look. I'll search that in the background. Yeah. Um, so, oh wait, no, it was uh, Stephen Norrington. Uh, never mind. Then my bad. I thought it felt like a Spike Lee film. Um, so with that. I think they were trying something to try to make it relevant again. They went with Blade. I think because Blade was doing semi-decent in the books. He was also the first one to be guest starred on an animated Spider-Man that was different outside the normal big heroes. Um, So he got a spotlight there. Everyone remember those. If you watch the Spider-Man of the animated series, everyone remembers Blade showing up with his very deep-toned voice, um, chasing down Morbius. Um... But your opinion is that uh, the first one, then it went downhill, right? And that's kind of the consensus of what we're trying to discuss today is did everyone pretty much suffer in that that time frame with those films? Yeah. um, Blade 1 was absolutely great. Blade 2, I thought Blade 2 was actually pretty good, all things considered. That it was was decent, you know, um, a very nice watch. Again, you got to see um, him basically go bonkers and kill a whole bunch of vampires in a very dark tone that was suspenseful, almost a little frightening to a child at that time. Maybe I got a little scared from time to time, you know, hey, call me what you want. But, you know, <laughs> I don't do well with scary movies. That's a very solid moment. 
there. <laughs> but uh, I thought number two was pretty decent, all these considered. Ryan, your opinion here, sir? So, Blade 1, I'm, I'm, I know you and I had this conversation, when was it, last week or the week before about Blade, and I thought I said I thought Blade 1 was the worst, and I sat back and I put myself back into the shoes of watching Blade, and that's what really, I enjoyed Blade as a character because of film 1. I'm not sure if I'm fully there for the full cast of Blade 1. I'm not going to call out names, but there is one per- person in that film that cannot act at that time because they have been in other things. Um, but I am not going to call them out, but they de- ruined the film for me. If, if you remove that one character out, that was not a necessity in that ca- in the movie. The film is perfect. Like it, For a 90s first shot at a comic book character outside of DC, nailed it. Um, number two, I enjoyed one because Ron Perlman's in there and I love anything Ron Perlman does. Um, number, uh, number two, the premise was off though. So yeah, it did go down a little bit, but is it better than one? I don't think so. Um, do we want to touch upon three or just, we want to just ignore three. The one thing I do want to touch on is I did have a little confusion at, overall with the status of Blade because in the first one I could have sworn didn't Whistler die? Um Whistler went in two. But that's the thing though, like in the in, in Blade One, they beat him up really bad, left him in a chair, and then Blade like took the well, that was two, wasn't it? We're gonna have to go back and rewatch this. <laughs> <laughs> I could have sworn I was I was like Hit us up and let us know so we don't have to do the research. We're kind of lazy on that type of stuff. <laughs> Seriously. But um, anyways, but the premise of going from two to three, you could just tell the, the discomfort with shooting the movie and some of the reviews that came out afterwards of everyone not necessarily getting along. And it, let's just say it transferred over because looking at it, we Wesley, I love you. We could have did without it. Yeah, for the sheer fact that most of the dialogue had to be explained and everything had to be explained by Ryan Reynolds' character, Hannibal Kang, in a car, which was kind of annoying. And then I love a good montage to hype heroes up, but sitting there watching Jessica Biel's character, which is nothing wrong with watching Jessica Biel, especially in the, in the works of the 90s, shooting arrows just to get herself psyched up by blade-loading weapons, I felt like that was a waste of five minutes of my time. Um, and they went the simple route. It was kind of lazy writing. Let's kill the mom character. So we have a reason to go and, uh, fight Dracula. And I thought Dra- Dracula was lackluster in that film. Yeah. So, um. So all in all, given this trilogy, uh, what grade would you give it? All things considered. Were we doing like normal school grades, A through F? Yep. F. Ouch. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna. <laughs> I'm putting it into. The, I'm being harsh, but if I was a school teacher, my kids wouldn't pass. <laughs> um, but let's, you only have the one film that you really want to go back and sit there and say, okay, if I have to watch a Blade film right now, I'm going back and watching number one. You're not going to sit there and watch two or three. You just you won't put yourself through that torture. Um, and then if you're really sitting there watching Blade, you're not sitting there watching Blade with an intent to watch Blade. It's going to probably turn into background noise. So F kind of F makes sense for Blade, in my opinion. What's what's your grade, sir? 
I was gonna say D plus. D, would you say B plus? D as in dog. B plus. Okay, okay. I, hold on. I wanna as we're sitting here, I wanna write these down, and we're gonna see at the very end who has the worst grades. So we're doing Blade here. I gave it an F. You gave it a D plus. You're just being nice with that plus, aren't you? I am because I love Wesley Snipes, and I thought Blade One was absolutely phenomenal. I could rewatch that. Especially like around like Halloween season, I would definitely sit up here and watch Blade nonstop. Yeah, and I and it could also be time bias with me too. If I want to sit watch a Halloween special from Marvel now, it's definitely going to be the new thing that was on this year. The um, um, was it? Oh man, I'm going drawing blank. Oh, Night uh, Werewolf by Night because that was that was an entertaining show. Um, yeah. And also, uh, I give it the plus because it did technically save Marvel from might have been bankruptcy or whatever, but it was that film that did give them the extra little boost to keep going forward. And now we have the MCU well, we have I, today. I'm not sure if it's the film that saved them. I want to think it was probably Spider Man, the, the first one. Huh. Um, I think Blade helped push the direction to get the heroes out. Okay, ah, this is homework for us for next uh, these yeah. next few episodes. It's it's not canon show on Twitter. More than welcome to comment. We're all for it. Um, we may I may not read them. Chase may. Um, I will. I will. And, and if you're not <laughs> comments, I'm looking at a certain brother-in-law. I know you're listening. I will block you. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, what's the next one, sir? Uh, next one would be the original X Men that came out in 2000. That starred. The uh, according to Ryan Reynolds, the most handsome man ever, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Just a, a side note: if you really think about this now, he's going to be in Deadpool three X Men. He was in <laughs> three Wolverine films, so that's yeah. six. He was in um, Days of Future Past. That's yeah, seven. Was... He made an appearance in First Class. That's I think he's going to be the most. Her, most charactered in all of Marvel films at this point. Because if he does Deadpool, he's done at least 10 at this point, I would think, right? Three, six, showed up in first class. That's uh, eight. Nine. He's at nine, I think. In Deadpool 3, you said it would make 10. I think that's with nine. I'm trying you know to what? Up, but that's another conversation we can have, but he is very, very good looking. We're not going to take that away from him. Yeah. And then I got a character that can combat that amount of times of showing up on screen. But again, that's for another conversation. Yeah, we but we'll get to that through all this. I, I think I know who you're talking about, and I think uh, we'll be running into that real soon. Hey. Um, all right. So, X Men 1, your thoughts? So, I'm biased in a way. I love X Men, but I. I thought the film could have been better i i felt at the time and still now my feeling is the same that the film was ahead of the time of of what we had the ability to do to make that movie look as great as it could have been um because if you really think about the fight scenes you really think about certain things it just it we have the technology now to make that film exciting. That's why I'm kind of excited to see the mutants or whatever they're going to call it in the MCU, because we have the technology to make it better. 
Um, not a huge fan of the black leather suits. What? I, I wanted my first X-Men film to be the X-Men of yellow and uh, blue. Uh, I mean, if for people that can't see in this, I have X-Men posters behind me, and the one that I'm looking at in this camera view is Wolverine in yellow and blue. Um, I wanted to at least see some type of yellow and blue aspects, not black leather. I felt like that was just, you know, the time period of the early 2000s. Let's make them cool putting black leather. Um, all in all, I thought the story was good to kind of get it out there um, and kind of, um, I mean, the opening line that Charles Xavier is saying is one of the best lines that can be done. Um, Patrick Stewart is one of the best Charles Xavier's to date, and I wish he would play Charles Xavier's until the day he dies, and then CGI him to play Charles Xavier after that. Um, Wolverine, I think they cast it pretty well for Wolverine. Um, everyone else says, yeah, okay. I, they, they can be replaced if necessary. Um, your thoughts, sir? I think that all things considered, saying how this was released in literally 2000, that one, I feel like this is where Marvel showed their capability to do amazing casting for their films, considering they did an entire team and not just one person. Mm -hmm. So big kudos to them because you did a fantastic job casting who you casted for this film. Two, I would say that considering it was 2000 and graphics are not up to date as they are today, I think that they did a pretty decent job with what the resources that they had at the time do i think some of the a few of the fight scenes were slightly corny yes yes i do do i think they did the best out of what they had at the time yes yes i do and that um i thought that was a pretty good story all, all in all because you know what your first films i feel like those are sometimes the hardest depending on the amount of characters you have in there and you know the x-men has never been a short team so the fact that they were able to fit in that many characters, that amount of time and still tell a story, I think that it was still pretty, very good, actually. And It's one of those things where you got to consider that we are, we're kids of the generation that's got to see the X-Men cartoon, and then we went to go see this film, and we had the anticipation of Sentinels. We had... The ideas of from what that film should have been based off of what we saw on TV. I think us as a generational kids that watch us probably were put too much expectations on it. And I'm excited to see where it goes for the MCU whenever we get there, if we get there, um, how they're going to make that look really good. I am in agreement. So with that being said, now we have to move on to X2. This is where we kind of dove into Wolverine's background a little bit on Weapon X and where we got the introduction of Iceman. And I, I ain't gonna lie, Iceman is probably one of my favorite X-Men. <laughs> Iceman, Iceman was in... Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That was... That was two, which was very... Yeah. Again, mm -hmm. I'm back to the... I'm all for changing lineups, but I felt like you needed Bobby in the first film because he brought that youthfulness that they needed to the X-Men team. That's what Rogue was there for. Yeah, but you got the the emo rogue, as I like to call her, the one. What was me life through uh, as a teenager? You need a Bobby who just was she's just living life, man, just living life and enjoying what he does. Um, I felt like that would have helped 
probably narrate the story that they were trying to tell. But for X2, um, your thoughts before we get too far on their idea of Colossus in that film. Colossus was the teenager in that film. Correct. <laughs> so he's not going to have his man, the you know, the, the, the man stature. And I thought it was pretty cool. I liked it. So I don't think we've ever in our lives, even in the books, saw Colossus as a teenager. He was always a young adult or or a young man to a grown man. So seeing him as a teenager kind of threw me off. Um, the CGI needed a little work. The story, in my mind, and I'm going to ask your opinion on this, was very lackluster. What's your thoughts on the story? Uh, I thought the story was... It wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst. I thought it was pretty decent um, because I felt like they were trying to get into the whole Wolverine. Um, you, I, I feel like with Wolverine's back history, so to say, or the back end story, a lot of things to me during that time was a lot of was was very fuzzy. Like I didn't because I me mean, personally, I didn't know everything that happened with his background or how he got to where he was, how he got the claws. And I feel like this film was a nice introduction to it to just basically give a general synopsis of everything that did happen to him. And the, the, the fact that Stryker was coming back to claim his prize, so to say, I, I thought it was pretty decent. It's like, hey, okay, well, this is what happened. Gotcha. So here, here's my issue with that. Um, and we're, we're jumping the gun a little bit, but when they did Wolverine Origins, I kind of rewrote what they already talked about and in X-Men uh, 2. And then when they do Days of Future Past and the first class series, they kind of rewrote a little bit there too. So it, it's... They muddied, muddied it up as much as they muddied it up in the books, which is kind of funny if you really think about it. Um, so... Do we... So 3, which was the Phoenix, right? That's what it was called, Phoenix? Or was it just X3? X3. It was just X3. So, that film. I'm going to let you talk. Oh, wait, sorry. It was X-Men The Last End. The that last was the third end. one. That's right. Okay. So, mm-hmm. go ahead. Give your give your opinion. Okay. Now, that one, the writing was a little, a, a slightly kind of off the wall a little bit for me, is, is the way I'll put it. Um, because I recall in... The X-Men cartoon that came out in the 90s, Charles Xavier did kind of disappear for X amount of time, then showed up with the woman he who he was in love with. But in this film, it was like, what, you're just going to kill him off? Like, ouch. And that secret scene said that he sent his brain to the to Morales Island to that unconscious body. Oh, I could... we never we never got to see that fully laid out how that would have worked. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and also, uh, uh, I don't know. Like, I liked it, but I didn't love it. It was one of those days of when I heard Colossus was in a movie, and I was like, oh, well, who doesn't love Colossus? <laughs> like, I, don't, I felt like Deadpool, and that's it's like it's Colossus. Like, who doesn't love Colossus? Well, you're not staring at me with murderous intent. But that, that, that was one of the main reasons why I watched it, to see how everything was going to unfold. And I get the whole fact of, you know, putting it in there to say it's a mutant that 
whose power was to nullify everybody else's power and they what which i felt was absolutely wrong you're just gonna harvest their power to create a cure they have a real mutant like that we've you've seen him in the the tv show his his name is leech um he's in the books but the way they did it upon the story of the movie was just shitty as all hell it's again lazy writing kind of i felt like the early like the that that was probably the last of it that we really saw Hollywood writers writing for something that they shouldn't have been writing for, mm-hmm. putting their incense to. Because um, that Phoenix story from the cartoon that you talked about from the books was one of the, the biggest events Marvel has ever done across platforms. And they just shit the bed hard with that film. Um I can't wait for us to talk the next one too because again, shit the bed on it. Uh, spoilers, um, but yeah, it it was not one of my favorites out of out of those three. Yeah, no, I don't I don't disagree with that. Um, so again, out of X Men one, two, and three, which one would you pick as the best one that was created? I would probably go back and watch. Um, one again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I would go back and watch you. As we're sitting here, as you're starting to bring it up, I'm like, I was trying to sit there and remember this full story of two. Um, three's always run on FX at least once every month, so it's like I, I can catch it off background. But if I'm gonna sit there and watch one, I'll probably watch one again. Um, you sir, which one would you watch? I like the second one the best. Really. Yes, I like the second one the absolute best. I feel like that's where we got the most screen time for like the team as a whole, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And um, do 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 the second one had Nightcrawler in it, and I was a huge Nightcrawler fan. Fair so, the second one was the best for me. Okay, sir. What is your grade on that film? Overall, the the film or the trilogy? The trilogy. Overall grade I'll give for the trilogy. There are films I will go back and home basing this off of is you know, like you mentioned, how often would I be prone to go back and actually watch it if it was on TV? Mm-hmm. I would give it a it's it's a little bit above blade in my opinion, so I'll give it a C minus. C minus, alright. So that's this one, C minus. Me personally, I would probably go D. Um, and it's, it's something more so the lines of again time bias is my biggest issue with me and I think I would rather watch the newer stuff um, versus the old old stuff mm-hmm. um, but coming up we have Spider-Man right the to- Tobey Maguire uh, trilogy Tobey Maguire Spider-Man this one I've been sitting here waiting, well, looking at it on my uh, notes here for the grades. I'm like, I don't want to grade it. I can't wait to get into this conversation. This could be one of the only ones from the older generation of films that I would say is um, something I will go back and watch. So let's let's dive into it. All right. So Spider Man, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man, did come out in 2002. So next in chronological order, and the very first one that got. Uh, released, and I'll, I'll save my major comments for the end. But it it was uh man, I thought it was a really good story to actually put Peter Parker 
on the big screen as a real life action movie. It was absolutely phenomenal. I feel like when this came out, the entire world was buzzing about it. And it it, it definitely made some moves because I don't know too many people that don't love Spider-Man. So I absolutely love this film. Shout out to Tobey Maguire. And the fact that you came back within, you know, Spider-Man not too long ago. Shout out to you, man. Still going out there, kicking some green goblin, but no, they good stuff. So, uh, yeah, man, love this film. I can literally recall and remember going to see this in the films with my family. Absolutely wonderful film. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. It is probably if you think about that time period, we we only had the X Men out. DC was about ready to I think give us Man of Steel. Um, about like a year or two out. I'm just checking that. Mm-hmm. Um, nope, that's a lot further away. Um, or Superman Returns. That's what I'm looking for. Superman Returns. Give me one second. Um, that was 2006. So at this point, we had that huge gap of no comic book films coming out um, from the the competitor. The, the The next nearest film was Batman Begins in 2005. Uh-huh. So Spider-Man, I just felt like the tide was turning with the films, right? Like all of a sudden... Oh, Marvel, they're they're producing Spider-Man and it looked really good, like good story, good give depth to the characters. Um, they did a great job with it. They made it feel campy enough to be a comic book character. And it was the first time we really got to spend some time seeing Stan Lee on screen and going, Hey, that's Stan Lee. Um, <laughs> so yeah, oh Marvel, I think one was really, really well written for for the time. I think it was uh done well and if you really think about it it was one of the first marvel films or first real comic book-esque film that a lot of the the cgi was made for daytime versus nighttime yeah um so we were starting to see some lightning uh lighting up on the screen which was nice for the people that have a hard time understanding what's going on because of um you know their eye issues so it was it was good it was all around all around good film um, so two was Doc Ock, correct? Yep, that was Doc Ock. Thoughts? Two, I thought it was, I thought it was just all right. Um, I feel like they got so much hype off of one that obviously you had to do a two. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I don't know. I just thought it was just okay. It wasn't something that I, the, the second one, in my opinion, wasn't the one I absolutely would say I would go back and watch it on a daily basis. It was just more or less like, eh, okay, it was there. It was part of the film. It was part of the story, I should say, for the first generation of Spider-Man. Eh, that was about it for me. You? So, I, I love the Spider-Man game that came out a couple years ago, and the, the premise was Doc Ock. For people that haven't played it, I won't give much more, but in all... From comic books to movies, and that and that video game, that that character in the video game is probably my favorite Doc Ock, and it made me really think about if they just took away the James Franco Franco's ability to becoming transformation into the Green Goblin from that film, and just focused on Doc Ock's and gave it more time for him to become Doc Ock in that film, and just give us some like C list D list of villains for him to face as Doc Ock is becoming created. I would have probably be more in love with that film. Um, however, they wrote the high off at first. I'm the same with you. It was eh. 
it, it was good to see another Spider-Man film at the time. Um, it left me with a good feeling like, hey, this is a good film. They did a good job. Um, and then, then they promised uh, number three with Black Suit Spider-Man and what comes with Black Suit Spider-Man. So I'll let you uh, give your opinions on three. What comes with Black Suit Spider-Man is Venom. Yep. Oh, man, do I love Venom. Woo! I'm a huge Spider-Man fan of a huge and I love Venom. This one, I thought it was pretty. I thought they introduced a lot within one film, so I, a part of me felt like they were doing too much within a set amount of time. Mm-hmm. I always, 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 always love the Black Suit Spider-Man because I just love the edge that he gets, and I felt like he brought that edge on screen. So by the time he had the actual Venom suit, you saw the edge, you saw the 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 swag that he started walking with. It was completely different. And then he even saw the change that he saw within himself, especially when he started getting a little brutal on some of the villains. I really, really thought this film was great in my opinion. Well, I thought this film was really good. It is something that I still would go back and watch. I thought it did have a few moments where I was like, eh, could have left that out. But, and also the thing I kind of was heard about is it, when I think of Venom, I see like a, about a 6'5", you know, bodybuilding, swole, you know, symbiote looking, you know, I don't want to walk past you in a dark type of entity. And I just got this, I feel like I could beat his ass. <laughs> just looking at him like, this, 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 this is it. This, this is Eddie Brock, right? Him, him, this little shrimp. So th- that that part I kind of felt like was a small little letdown because I felt like when I look at this film, they confuse Venom with Carnage. Mm. So, yeah, that's it for me. You. So I don't get the, the feeling of Carnage with it. What I get the feeling of with this film is you had the perfect villain for three, which was Venom. And for some reason, your minds thought it wasn't big enough. So we'll give you Sandman and Green Goblin 2 in the same film and they they did things yes i, I love the transformation of of peter parker to darker peter, peter parker i did not enjoy the dancing peter parker even though it's a fun movie. what i love the meme don't get me wrong but in the film context i felt like it took away from proper storytelling it's a great meme i will send that out all day all night i think i've sent it to you like three times for other stuff but I, I'm all for it. However, also there's a kid that did it in a, in a, like an elementary school. He, there's a video of this kid doing the exact same dance, and you're and the quote it was. I wonder what film he watched religiously. Uh, so hey. you nailed every everything: the clap, the hand roll, like everything was <laughs> right there. Um, but you took away from one of the best stories of Eddie Brock and his transformation. You didn't see him fully down on his luck. He got fired from one job. You didn't see his love life crashing. You didn't see him getting evicted. You didn't see the full hate of Peter Parker coming, which was needed to be part of the symbiote. Um, and then you gave a Sandman, who, in my opinion, is one of the best anti-heroes that they could have done in the story. However, they didn't give that enough time to breathe. Because for people that didn't know this, Sandman became an Avengers back in the way back in the day. So it is, he has another premise and James Franco should never, ever been an actor in my opinion. Ouch. So, 
<laughs> so I, I don't I, I didn't agree with the the face mask green goblin. I wanted the full green goblin. This in my opinion had the ability to be the best film out of all of them and miss the mark completely. Um, and this this is not a film I go back and watch. Um, I'll be I'll, I'll I'll kick it off where we're going with this. If you're gonna ask me which film I'm going back to watch, I'm watching either one or two, not even touching three. I understand me personally. I'm on the flip side. If I go back to watch I any film within this trilogy, it's either one or three. Okay. Primarily, I will give I'll give three a little bit more love, but on actually watching it. But number one absolutely would be the top tier of this trilogy. Mm-hmm. So me is one, three, then two. And your your school grade? <sighs> eh, I would also have to get some, give this one about a, a C minus overall. Interesting. Yeah. It's funny because I think I like one and two enough to give it a C and not even the minus. It was just the second one. <laughs> That's for me. You're reversed with me. See, I look at... Uh, Number three is being the worst out of all of it, and I enjoyed the second one. So, I mean, him holding the freaking subway with the two webs, that's iconic, bro. Is it more iconic than him saving the, the, the kids on off the bridge, off that gondola thing? Yes, because I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, no. Number one, come on, dude, stole my heart. He gave hey, a Spider Man was all heart, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, what's the next one? Wolverine or is it X Men First Class? Or I'm all right, the next one, technically in chronological order, I had it up, but I got way too much into that conversation. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, the next one is it was released in two thousand eight, and that would be Iron Man. Iron Man. Interesting. So, Wolverine is not before that at all. Origins? Origins is the year after. Get out. So, at that point, Sony was still pushing, or Fox, 20th Century Fox, was still pushing out positions. Uh, yeah, right. Um, so, Iron Man. Yes, yes, yes. Iron Man, number one. It was the introduction of, again, Marvel doing an absolutely phenomenal job at casting because I don't care what anybody says or what they do on this planet. If anybody else was to be casted as Iron Man, I would seriously um, have huge mutiny issues. I would revolt. I would start a riot. No one else but Robert Downey Jr. better not touch that Iron Man suit. Perfect casting. Thank you, Marvel. But um, Iron Man won. Uh, I thought it was a it, it was it was a great backstory. I thought it was great because you saw how well I felt like Tony Stark as a character had major character development within this one film and also huge arrogance issues all in one. Yeah. So you saw how he noticed the impact that he was having on the world with him selling and being an arms dealer. And then he also realized how and you know you could be at the wrong place at the wrong time and your whole world could be turned upside down. 
So you saw how he was able to put together a suit. And I thought the graphics and the CGI on this was actually pretty good, considering all things considered. And he put the suit together. He was able to save himself. He was able to get out of there. And you got a explanation of what was actually in his chest, because I feel like as a 90s baby, that was something I never actually even divulged into. I was just more or less concerned about him putting on a, shoot, uh, a suit and shooting things. But it gave a pretty decent backstory of how he actually got the power core in his chest. I thought that Iron Man 1 was a uh, a signature for the actual MCU. My turn? Yeah. <laughs> Iron Man one can Iron Man itself can be uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s career rejuvenized by this film. Um, fun fact: I'm not sure if you know this, but um, you know that line at the end of the film where he goes, "I am Iron Man." He ad-libbed that film that was not in the script, hmm. um, and that film started what we love now and what brought in more people into this universe to watch these films and they weren't even talking about how they're going to be connected yet and that is just the beauty of this film everyone was waiting for the number two film i'm not going to give more than this because this film is it's it's one of the films i will go back and watch over and over again What's hit number two? Number two was started, um, starred Mickey Rourke as Whip, Whiplash. Different guy that played War Machine. Um, Don Cheeto took the rollover. Um, we saw the um, StarCon, or whatever they called it. Um, Justin Hammer. Thoughts are... What is your, oh, and of course Black Widow was in that film. This is where the connection really starts building. So, Thoughts. Uh, I thought they took out my man, uh, Terrence Howard. He was no longer an Iron Man, but, uh, you know, Don Cheatham, he was a nice little, um, uh, I guess replacement for it. If, 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 if basically that's what happened, but I thought, you know, at first I was skeptical about Don Cheeto being war machine, but you know, come find out years later. Eh, I like it. Uh, whiplash. I thought he was. A nice villain to bring in for Iron Man 2 specifically because we know all know how ignorant Iron Man is. <laughs> and the fact that he was able to humble him, I thought that was pretty decent on the big screen. Um, I, I thought it was a pretty solid film, all in all. But uh, you, you definitely saw Tony Stark get humbled just a little bit. Yep, I agree. I thought... Out of, out of the, the three here, this was a nice buffer into another film. Um, I think my intimate, uh, my thoughts would have been great with to see the Mandarin for two to kind of keep on building <sighs> off of it. Um, but they went with Whiplash, which is fine. Justin Hammer has always been a, a prime issue for Iron Man in the book, so yeah, that works as well. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing Black Widow, you're starting to, but you're this was a this was a movie building story, and I'm a huge fan of story all around and. And every aspect of things that I enjoy, you got introduced to Black Widow, which you knew something was coming along the lines with that, um, which was great. That's what we wanted. We had a partying playboy um, who couldn't control his alcoholism, so you got to see Tony Stark at his worst. Mm-hmm. And you also got introduced to Nick Fury a little bit more in this film. Um, all in all, 
Um, I'm thinking about the right film. Yeah, they, this is where he took the suit and became a war machine. Yep. And all, all the most iconic scene in that film is Iron Man sitting in the donut thing eating donuts. Seriously. Um, so, all in all, I thought out of a follow up, it was a good follow up. It did not blow out the first film, but it was still good. Um, number three was um, now the Iron Patriot, no longer War Machine. Ew. And aim as the the protagonist. I think Ew. Um, and Pepper Potts gaining some special abilities due to the experimenting on her. Um, your thoughts, sir? This was the one I disliked the absolute most. <laughs> I feel terrible for saying that, but I just wasn't a huge fan of Iron Man 3. I, I, I was thrilled to see the amount of Iron Man suits that were inside of this one. And you could see the technology evolving with him. It was just, I just, I really wasn't the biggest fan. I think it might have been the writing or, you know what? It was the final scene for me. I just, I thought they could have did better. And if you bring in the Mandarin, like, you know, it's it's the Mandarin for Iron Man. And it really wasn't the Mandarin. So yeah. I, that one, no. His name is Ben King, right? Sir Benjamin King. The guy that plays him. Uh, plays the Mandarin. Great question. Um, and the reason why is because I believe, first of all, that man has done so many great films um, in his life, and he deserves all the, uh, the credit that he gets. That's not his name, just to let you know. Ben um, Kingsley? Ben Kingsley, that's who I was talking thinking about. Yeah, he deserves uh, so much credit for the work that he does out there. This film was absolute garbage and, and and the reason why i say that is again it's all about story you just came off of the avengers film if no one if people want to go see the avengers film but did not see iron man and you, now they're like oh let me go see this iron man film number three that's coming out and this is their introduction to seeing in the film you pretty much wrote the freaking character off in the sunset and then you're how like the the team that had to go in and then do age of ultron and bring in um, back in Infinity Wars, like the, they had to like re- develop the sheer fact that the man was semi-retired but still working at the same time. Like it, it just it seemed a little messy of a way to finish. I have no interest to go back and watch this film when it's on FX. If two or or one's on, I'm sitting there watching it, and I mean I'm watching it. Um, so you're you're agreeing with me that three was probably the worst, correct? Yes, I most certainly uh, uh, agree with that. Three. Mm-mm. Great. No, sir. What is your school grade on this one? School grade on this one. It is the highest out of all the ones that we have so far. I give this one an even C. I give this one an even C. Wow, interesting. So I'm going to actually give it a C plus. And it's because that storytelling that we, we saw the originality of the MCU storytelling at this point. And... Um, it would have been higher, but there are films that were about to start hitting on that deserve higher grades than this one. Um, but before we get there, we have to touch upon Wolverine, and I believe after that we start on Thor, correct? Yep, it is Wolverine, then Thor, or Captain America, depending on which one you want to go to first. Yeah, you go for it. Let's hit with Wolverine, and uh, we'll 
rock, paper, scissors. Really <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll start with Wolverine. <laughs> so we'll start with the Wolverine Origins movie that did drop in 2009. Um, primarily for anyone who has not watched this or might be too young. Basically, it was a synopsis of what happened in Wolverine's past, how he got the claws, what Project X was, how he was basically a merc in the past, and he got a good heart and decided to change his mind. Then when he changed his mind, um, um, you know, what, what, uh, I just lost it. Was it Project X? Yeah, Weapon X. Weapon X. They wanted to come and reclaim their asset. So, I thought, watching the movie, it was interesting and it did give us gambit so hey yeah for that i guess um ah i hear you know what I'll, I'll i'll save you for that i'll go ah god damn this film was probably one of the worst things they could have done for this character um your thoughts on Gambit, though, before I jump into my stuff. What did you think of the guy that portrayed Gambit? What did you thought of Gambit in that film? Okay, I'm taking we, the silence as golden here for a reason. We, we need another portrayal of Gambit. Yeah, yeah. We I was really another. looking forward to Chad and Tatum playing Gambit, to be honest with you. and uh, I was, too. Please. Yeah. Th- this film had, if they just focused on Wolverine and the guy that played Sabretooth, and the Weapon X program and left all the other stuff aside, even bringing in their version of the shitty Deadpool that Ryan Reynolds killed in one of the secret scenes in 2. Um, it, it made more sense to keep that story because everything else was just so... Like, the version of Blob was not good. It, it just did not, did not sit well. Um, then we go into... Was it Wolverine? The Wolverine, right? That's the second one of that franchise. Yep. This, in my opinion, and I want to, I, I want to take over on this one first because I, I always forget how good this film is. I actually enjoy this one more. You did? Oh, okay. Look at look, look at our sample base right now. Is Origins than this one? Um, I enjoyed the more of his Japanese story on there. Um. But that's just me personally. I granted, I am a huge Wolverine fan, so my premise of what if you want to get a good understanding of Wolverine story, watch the cartoon from the '90s before you watch anything else, because that's going to give you more than this stuff will. Um, your thoughts on the Wolverine? Could have kept it. Really, just could have kept it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, jumping on. Let's, let's move on. Logan is part of that franchise. So, um, what's your thoughts on Logan? I loved Old Man Logan. I thought that this was the iconic and amazing end to literally a, a and I, if you want to put it like that, a childhood hero. Like, no one ever saw Logan actually dying. And how would you even portray that on 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 a film? So to, just to see how this is how it ends, I thought this was actually pretty solid. It This was honestly a drama for me. Like, you could have shed a tear at the end of this movie and been like, wow, this, this is how the, the Wolverine goes. And I'm okay with that because it was a warrior's death and very 
fitting of the Wolverine. So, yes, I enjoyed Logan a lot. Um, I have two critiques to the story. One, if if anyone's ever seen the, the original cover of Old Man Logan, he was standing in a T-shirt, like a haze background with blood on his, uh, his claws with white on his face. That... I would love to see that and just just in one brief scene of the in the movie um, of him just walking in a desolate desert with all these like with his blood on these claws. Um, the only other critique I have, and this is a pleasant critique, I felt like if they just gave us a proper villain versus a clone of himself, we could have got a two-parter film and they would have made a hell of a lot of money off that film because bring back Sabretooth or something to be the one to be part of it or something like that. Go a little different from what the books were. Just give us something. Because this story, you're absolutely right, was a drama. It did not feel like an action film. This was a drama. This was gut-wrenching. We watched Xavier go. We watched Logan go. We watched a new generation of mutants to try to find Haven. Like This this was a story, and the sheer fact that they brought in the comics into it, even yep. better. Um, all for the idea of this film being probably, and, and let me, I'm taking, probably saying it for you. Is this the best film out of the franchise for you? Out of this trilogy, this is by far the best one. The only reason I would say I don't watch it as much is because how sad it makes me at the end. Uh, also, <laughs> I have turned it on uh. Times and because it's so slow because they don't have a proper villain and they're just telling story, I have nodded off three or four times, so it takes time. Uh, but that this is, like I said, my one of my favorite characters out of Marvel, and they I felt felt good. It just felt like a final end to actually see what will happen to Wolverine because um, you don't get that. So that was pretty cool. Um, your school grade, sir. Um, cool grade for all three. All things considered, I would give this so uh, a man. It's that second one for me. I'm telling you, <laughs> I keep this, this could be way better. But man, that second one, ah, I I also give this one a. a I gotta give it a C. Logan was the best one out of here for me. I'm actually giving it a C minus, and I know I said I really like the second one. I don't have any care to ever go back and watch one. I would watch two when it's on TV. It's not like I'm hunting for it, but I will go on Disney Plus and I will watch Logan um, multiple times because that is a fantastic film. Um, they really screwed up the origin piece for me in the uh, the first one. And two, yes, I like the Japanese story. Nice to see Silver Samurai hit the screen, even though you're not a huge fan of it. Um, seeing I thought Silver Samurai was decent in there. That was yeah. the only part. I think also I was having high hopes for um, AIM in some fashion or Hydra because the sheer fact that Viper was there in the film too, which was really mm-hmm. cool to see. So they brought in different characters that you would not see at that point. <laughs> yeah. Okay, rocks, paper, scissors for Thor, Captain America. You're Thor, I'll be Cap. Eh, let's just go with Cap first. Okay, that's fair. You sure you want to do Cap with me first? Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. All right, I'll let you go first. All right, Captain America, the first Avenger, came out in 2011. Was uh, basically Captain America, how he became, got the super, super, super soldier serum, and how he became the, Ameri- the uh, uh, American superhero. Um, I thought this film was, 
honestly, I thought it was super great because you saw him be a super superhero, and technically, he just wanted to join the army. Now, th- that was literally it. Like everything else just came along with it. And the thing I love most about this was he took everything with a coconut smile. Like you didn't see this man deter, run, or anything. You saw how great of a character of a person he was. And the fact that he just wanted to literally fight for his country. And he did that until the very last seconds of that movie. I, I gained a whole nother level of respect for Captain America after watching this movie. Growing up, I severely disliked Captain America until I saw this portrayal on the big screen. And after that, I became a fan. I'm going to let you do two and three. Before I start talking, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> All right. Captain America to win a soldier. Again, when I first watched this, it, I had to watch it probably two, three times. The third time came around, and then I really appreciated that movie as well. I think Captain America Winter Soldier was absolutely great. Like, untold hero, those fight scenes in that movie were actually really, really good. Um, the storytelling was great. I just think it had some slow moments within that movie. Reason being is because they were telling a story of how all of this connected and how it all fit in into how Hydra actually was have hijacked certain parts of S.H.I.E.L.D. So going back and looking at it, bomb movie, great movie. Then you got my personal favorite, Civil War. <laughs> absolutely love this movie. Like, I thought it was great beyond measure. You saw the introduction of Tom Holland, Peter Parker. You saw the introduction of Black Panther. You actually saw what it would be like if the Avengers were to fight each other. And I think they did that in a great cinematic, uh, cohesive fight. Oh my God, it was great. Uh, I this is my that that the third one is absolutely my favorite movie. I go back and watch that time and time again. I have Marvel Movie Monday and literally Civil War is probably one of the movies I you will always see on within this home. I love this trio. Continue your turn. No, I want to ask for your school grade before I go. What's your school grade on that one? On this trilogy. I'm at either, I'm trying to find out, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, because I. this definitely gets a high one, I'm just trying to figure out what it is specifically, I will give this, you know, I don't have a lot of misses with this, I give it an A-. minus. A-, minus. alright, so Captain America is my favorite, my favorite hero in the Marvel Universe, next to Wolverine, and again, these films are nothing but great storytelling from the first one to the last one. Um, the 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 premise of the sheer fact that they went back to World War II to tell his story, and that literally that opened the door for a Wonder Woman's film to go to World War One and kind of give you the same premise, but Cap did it first, right? You have this guy that his famous line is, "I can do this all day," as his ass is hand, getting handed to him. It's a it's a young, it's a person that just wants the underdog hero to win all the time. Even knowing that he's a superhero, a super soldier serum hero, he's always the underdog. Even when he comes back, they made him the underdog by bringing him back to the present day, where he has no idea 
what anything is. He has a book in his pocket of things to do because he doesn't know how things to work. One of my favorite things out of the Avenger film is when he's trying to help Iron Man understand what's wrong with the, the propeller. All I see is these that like he doesn't know, and it's just he's always the underdog, and everyone looks to him as the proper leader for everything. Number two, Winter Soldier, my favorite Marvel film collectively. I, I am so in love with that film from the elevator fight scene to one was oh I forgot about that scene. That was a great scene. One on one with Winter Soldier to the Nick Fury piece of the story arc with Hydra. Um, to him holding the helicopter, hanging off like that is just phenomenal. Um, Serious biceps. Yeah, and, and I, I always said that they the best Captain America story is almost like an espionage Captain America story. If they stick to that into the books, stick to that in in the movies, they would do well. And they sure in hell hit with that with Winter Soldier, Civil War, fantastic film. Um, introduction of those characters that you mentioned um the premise from the book silver war which probably one of the best-selling marvel books of all time my only issue with it is it should have been an avenger film and not a captain america film yes i understand why they make it the captain america film because he's he's solidified to that book of dying in the book but the sheer fact that that they made Civil War to be a Captain America film took away from the premise that they could have brought in Sin, the daughter of Red Skull, with her lover um, Crossbones, and had them wreak terror in another espionage film. I would have bought into that immediately. We could have saw Bucky and Falcon and Black Widow team up to try to take down the full part of Hydra. That would have been phenomenal. Civil War is a great story. It should have been an Avengers film. I am perfectly fine with it being in a Cap film because of that fight scene with Bucky, Iron Man, and Cap trading off the shield back and forth. Iconic. Captain America's fighting a bit uh, on screen makes you believe that this is a real person fighting for what's right, fighting for himself and fighting for his country. The fight scene with uh, the Leaper, John uh, Pierre Paul, I think yep. that's uh, phenomenal. Him running that ship in two, beating the hell out of everyone, knocking them off the ship, phenomenal. Watching him in one just being Captain America in the war, phenomenal. There is just the guy that played the Red Skull, the guy that literally was Agent Smith in the Matrix to V and Vendetta. To the Elf Lord and Warlord of the Rings, I'm not that geeky. I don't know his name, but the sheer fact that he that he portrayed the Red Skull to the way I would want him to be portrayed, a plus all around. I I don't have one that I don't go back and watch. I watch them all religiously. That is my synopsis on Captain America. I need a word break. Why don't you talk about the? Uh, yes, 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 yes. You got to do your, uh, your grade and Hugo Weaving was his name. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I gave my grade, it was A plus, plus. Oh, <laughs> plus, plus. yeah, absolutely. It's an A plus, bro. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. So guys, you got your first A. <laughs> All right. So next we have Thor, Thor Hudenson. 
All right. So Thor, for anybody who is not aware, is the god of thunder. Should as as we're sitting here talking about this, we should probably put an asterisk next to this one because it's actually four films. It's no longer a trilogy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just wanted to cover up to the Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. We we don't want to talk about the first two, so we just kind of combine them into one film, <laughs> right? <laughs> we will explain why shortly. Yeah. Go ahead. Go. All right. Thor Odinson is the god of the All Father, and we get to see his backstory of how he basically transcended into getting some responsibility, so to say, and learning when and when not to pick fights. Uh, Thor one, um, was was it was it, it was an origin story. Yeah, it was there. It it was there. <laughs> it gave us Thor <laughs> and our introduction of you know him, yeah. his family. You know, yeah, 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 yeah sure. Mm, mm-hmm, Thor. Mm, mm. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, do two. Let's just get the battle. It's okay. Be- all right. All right. Uh, then we had Thor 2, The Dark World, where he fought the Dark Elves, and it was, it was you know, it gave us, uh, Loki died again in this one, and he fooled Thor. <laughs> it was not fair. <laughs> and uh, it, it also gave us the, uh, <laughs> an Infinity Stone. <laughs> yeah. The around the, uh, that was reality, right? Is that the reality? Yeah, I think so it was one of the ones. I don't know that one. I just remember Rocket having to take it out. So <laughs> yeah, it was the red one. Yeah. Then uh, anything you want to add to uh, Thor: The Dark World? Listen, I'm just gonna synopsis both of them real quick. Um, the highlight out of one, the only star in that film in Thor one, it was the music that they, they just kept on on like reshuffling the from the beginning was the the Thor theme. All you heard through that whole film was just that there was nothing else that was massive. Um, it would have his backstory is not one for the faint of heart. It's a very niche topic to get into. Seeing what you saw in that film is what you saw is see in the books pretty much. It's nothing to write home about. Dark World, I tried not to think about Dark World ever. Um, I also just realized we have a couple more to talk about on this, too. Um, it is just not worth um, a watch, in my opinion. Um, I'd rather talk about Ragnarok, to be honest with you. I totally agree. So, on the on words to Ragnarok, which is, in my opinion, probably one of the best Marvel films that have ever been released. Ragnarok was perfect in my opinion. Like there, there was no miss in this movie. I don't even think certain films or certain parts of this movie they were trying to be funny. They just were. It was hilarious to me. They told a great story. It was dramatic. You saw him, his hammer get destroyed. He lost his daddy. The man had daddy issues. He never got a chance to say goodbye. Like dude, it was, it it was comedy. It was you got to cry, and then you got a, a sense of triumph all within the same film because you get you you actually saw Thor realize who he was, and he stepped into it, and he owned it. So I thought Ragnarok was the best Thor film Marvel has ever done. So so with that, um, Ragnarok is the best. I mean. I, I contemplate after the sheer fact of Ragnarok, 
if Ragnarok was not as good as it was, and it was like Dark World or even like Thor level, right? Would they have had his role be so big in Infinity Wars? Because that that franchise was floundering between Thor and Thor Dark World. That I mean, Ragnarok gave us a four for a reason. Uh, Love and Thunder. Like there, there's a reason we had a fourth film. It was because of Ragnarok. Um, Agreed. And with that, I, I don't. As much as I'm sitting here thinking, like, do we talk about Love and Thunder? Some people may not have seen it. Still, I mean, it was what the the fall or at least um, winter when that film came out this year. I think we we skipped that one. We skipped Ant Man and that the trilogy just to make sure people got uh, get to see it, including myself. I mean, newborns do they they take the life out of you? <laughs> uh, but uh, Ragnarok literally saved Thor for people to enjoy because I, I think if they put out another shitty film I contemplate if Thor would have died in the first scene of um, Affinity Wars and they would have just skipped him at that point because they, no one was going to pay to see Affinity Wars to see Thor to be the hero when when we were where we were at right so pretty valid there your grade on the trilogy of the original three I know this is a tough one bro Dude, two Fs and an A don't equal out to a passing grade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it just it just doesn't like the math doesn't math like that. So, unfortunately for this trilogy, it has to be a, a I give it a D plus. Like the plus, of course, being the Ragnarok. I'm sorry, the, those first two were terrible. See, I look at it as that Ragnarok made that franchise not even watchable. Um, Ragnarok is the only film that matters, and is it enough to hold the franchise? No, I think D is probably where it should be. But if we stood alone on Ragnarok, I think you and I are in agreement that film will probably be close to an A or B plus based off of how well it was. Um, but we're not doing the films; we're doing the franchises. So, next one, sir. What's the next one? All right. So te- te- technically, it would be avengers but now avengers have a few that have surpassed number three so do you want to touch on avengers or go on to the next well yeah i mean the they had technically two film uh three films they just two-parted the affinity wars and just another a name what That's about fact. uh what about the x-men first class one where did that one fall did that come next uh technically they have four films but you can take out data future past because that was technically a joint with the other one First Class came out additionally in 2011 as well. All right, so we can, yeah, because that would be First Class that we would want to talk about. We would want to talk about um, um, Age of Apocalypse and um, Dark Phoenix or Phoenix, whatever they call it. Yes, Um, yes, yes. Because the other one's like a joint combined film and genre film. So we can quickly touch upon this one. I know some of your thoughts on this. So First Class um, Generation of X-Men thoughts, sir. So X-Men First Class was probably, in my opinion, the best one out of this out of these this set that they have released. Majorly because we saw a a a, a new, a different perspective on Professor X and also Magneto, who I felt actually they did some pretty decent casting for those two specifically. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I thought that was that was that was really good because you got to see a younger, more gritty 
and a little bit more on an extreme side for Magneto of how far he was really willing to take it for mutant equality and just to be left alone. Mm. So I, I thought first class was actually pretty decent. Uh, very nice all in all. And you got to see, as the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy would put it, the hero, Kevin Bacon. So <laughs> as a villain, I, I, I actually did enjoy X-Men First Class. No, I did enjoy this film. Yeah, X-Men First Class is definitely the best out of the three that we're talking about. Um, asterisk to Days of Future Past because it's a combined film with the two genres of um, the X-Men um, films. But yeah, that film, it, that was probably rejuvenated me into the 20th Century Fox films of because uh, we they were following up with not only that then you're getting your dead your deadpools but they they were heading in a direction that made sense um and then we get to age of apocalypse which um i'll start that off um, as much as we love the guy that plays apocalypse because he was moon knight um that film sucked. Uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't buy into it. Uh, you brought in some of my favorite characters from the books from the 90s, and it was a, it, it was like the slowest pitch that was stole a strike, man. It was just the worst thing in the world to watch. And I, like, I do watch it over and over again on TV when it's on because I really want to like it because I love some of those characters. I just... I have a thing where I like to watch train wreck films and that's a train wreck film to me where it's on and I'm watching it and I have to, I have to admit it to myself. I'm watching it not because I want to be a fan of, because I'm a fan of the X-Men. It's a train wreck and I'm just watching it. Um, and uh, Dark Phoenix uh, or Phoenix, whatever they call it. And the only reason I keep on saying that is because I watched it once and I will never watch it again. It was horrible. Um in my opinion, um, horrible film. Um, could have done so much with that cast of characters that they had to. I know they went through. I believe they went through a rewrite with the film before it was launched. It just. It also felt flat when it launched. It just didn't do anything. Like they didn't really promote it a lot. They they knew this film wasn't going to do much, and to to hurt characters that uh, hurt actors that played Magneto and. Charles Xavier, they're, they divine those roles, and I would love to have seen them carry into the MCU as a Charles Xavier and um, Magneto. I think they, they still have the ability to do it. I just don't know if they would after the way those films went. Um, your thoughts, sir? All right, so looking at X-Men Apocalypse, um, major shout-out to Oscar Isaac, because we are fans, and let's go Moon Knight, because <laughs> you, 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 sir, can act. Yes, man. Um, also, shout out to Jennifer Lawrence as you are, ma'am, you are a goldmine. And X-Men Apocalypse, I had some serious issues with this movie because I do not recall anybody ever being able to kill Apocalypse, ever. So I, I get to have oof, ouch, that, that, that was hard. Um, it is what it is. We're here now. Um and we're, we're here now. Then the Dark Phoenix, I have to be really honest. Not a fan. Not a fan. So I, I respect. Well, and it actually, looking at that movie, that was actually a train wreck of a film, huh? Because it had the train wreck in the film. 
right? So yeah, no. If I, I could go ahead and just get a letter grade. So for this this trilogy of movies, I would I will I will, I will give it a, a yeah. That's that's a D minus. D minus. Yeah, I'm with you on it. It's a D minus. I think that's the first time you and I have matched, sir. Um, yeah, look at that so far. Where that's the closest we've been. D minus, and it's the only thing that's really rewatchable is uh, X Men First Class. Um, the sheer fact of what they do to Darwin in that film breaks my heart. Um, that is a great storytelling. They did that really well. Cabin Bacon as a villain. God, do I want to see him as Sebastian Straw again? I just right? To- he did really good in that. I'll just want put some muscle mass on though for me though, bro. I want to see you a little bit. I want you. I want to see the Sebastian saw that I'm used to seeing. But yeah, that was that was really good. Yeah. All right, sir. I'm sorry for breaking the, the trend here, but now we gotta get back to the Avengers. All right. That was your intro. Okay, Avengers. I should have recorded that. That could have been our new intro. <laughs> oh, don't worry. This isn't the last time. Ooh, okay. Where to start? Um, uh, obviously, the Avengers that released in 2012. A combination of bringing together, obviously, all the films that they did before with the trilogy, starter movies, and also putting together the Secret Agents. Avengers. I was a I, I was a fan of this movie. I'm not gonna lie to you, um, because I, I don't know. I just felt like it was the actual the backstory of the Avengers because we know what they led into, like the global phenomenon that everybody has seen by now, absolutely love. But what was the actual very first film look like? And man, and, and, and you got to saw a really good Hulk. Like, this, hey, let's go Hulk. Yeah. Hulk smash, baby. So technically, what is it? The first, minus the Watchmen, this is the first real big team to ever grace the, besides the X-Men, in full fashion onto the screen. This is the mm-hmm. film that we was waiting for. They built up to it, and they delivered. Um, they did a great story. Um, they had every piece. The one things I always don't like with films after, if if you're a fan, you don't want them to have to recap their their history in the film, which they all had to do because you have new fans coming in and checking out this film, so you kind of need their backstory a little bit. So you get a, a 30 second synopsis of what they've been through. Um, so you had to, you had to bear through that, but once you got through that, boy, that film, the action, the fight scenes, the 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 storytelling, and the progression of where this was going at that point just just made you feel good. Um, and then we jump into Age of Ultron, where we got to see the uh, three more Avengers be added, another yep. Infinity Stone, Ultron, one of their best villains. Your thoughts, sir? I thought Age of Ultron was... <laughs> I, I, I really, really like this film. Uh, majorly because you got to see what Ultron was trying to accomplish and why he felt it was an issue. And technically speaking, he wasn't wrong. But um, it was just his, his thought process going about it. But was slightly flawed. Let's go there. And you also saw how he became technically Tony Stark's first child. And I, I thought it was dope. They low-key introduced Wakanda without introducing Wakanda. So 
hey, I, I was a fan all in all because had he gotten a hold of that body, we don't know how bad that could have gotten. So I, I, I love this film. So for me, there's just a few misses, and I, I don't like it. As, I don't love it as much as you do. Will I watch it? Yeah, I mean, it's an Avengers film. Um, but the, there's some misses. Baron Strucker, one of the best Captain America villains, just surrenders, which really hurt my heart. Um, you also had the idea of, of um, Ultron being created by Tony Stark and Bruce Banner, in a sense, when technically... It's not. It's created by Hank Pym. So we missed out on the, the synopsis of that, which would have been a better story because she, he likes to call Hank Pym his father. And that would have that would have dug some, some deep, deep graves later on. Um, then the, the idea of what how he was going to remake the world kind of like, uh, OK, yeah, sure. Um there was a, I felt like there was a few more misses than necessary. The way they, they brought Vision to life, I felt was a kind of like, we didn't know where we were going with this, so we'll have Thor come down and hit his hammer, and voila. Um, it, it just, it didn't hit as good to me as the first one did. It's still a decent superhero team-up film. Um, the sheer romance between Black Widow, her heart getting broken when Bruce leaves. Yeah, that, that was really, really decent. That gave us more into where we're going with other stories at the very end. The formation of the next team that helps build up for the Civil War and future Captain America becoming Nomad, all that stuff. I, th- I think it did more for like a... They, they had bigger eyes on Affinity Wars and, and this was a film to get that was bridging. is a bridge film for me versus um, a, follow, a good follow-up. So I'm not opposed to that. Yeah, so Affinity Wars, well, even though we're going to combine them as two because they're one massive story, we'll have to separate them two because they are technically a story, but they're two separate films in their own fashion. And mm-hmm. we'll throw an asterisk to this one, I guess. We'll touch on Affinity Wars and in game in this one because it cultivates the trilogy. Infinity Wars, we'll kind of do it relatively quick here. Infinity Wars, what's your thoughts? The amount of action you received in that one film, I don't think you could have asked for any more than that. It was great from start to absolute finish. Perfect. Yeah, that film, fantastic story, straight to the end, the way they ended it with no sound, no nothing. Amazing Um, storytelling, like I keep on saying, is very important to me to enjoy a film. I do go back and watch that film. Um, it is phenomenal what they go through in that film to bring all those all those different teams the way that they're written into one film is just amazing. Um, huge fan of it. Um, Endgame, sir. Where's your thoughts on Endgame? Endgame was a pandemic movie before the pandemic started, and just hear me out with this one. In that one, you actually saw what it was like for an entire world to have to deal with what mental health is like, because everybody was hurt and affected in different type of ways that everyone has lost a loved one to some capacity and everyone had to figure out what it was like to move forward. So in my opinion, it was a pandemic movie that introduced people to, hey, take care of your mental health and learn how to um, 
appreciate what you have because literally in a snap of a finger, it could be taken away from you. So I thought it was a great drama and a, a, a dramatic ending and technically the end to two MCU legends. Salute. This is where I get controversial on this one, I guess. I am not a huge... I, I, I like the movie. I'll watch the movie. I'm not a huge fan of Endgame. And it's, again, story to me. Um, yes, they hit on the mental issue, health issue. Absolutely. When there will be podcasts where we will talk about that for, for everyone involved. But the one thing that I had, the biggest issue I had is time. They fucked up the timeline. I still have questions that no one can answer based off of what they told me in the movie. They broke their own rules, which... I, I we that can be a whole separate podcast, and I'm sure it will come up. Um, Marvel, if you are listening, we need to be a part of this in the writing room in the future. Continue. Yeah, seriously, because you guys like there is so much that I, I I think I bring up a question chase every every couple weeks. I'm like, well, think about this. What they said, but how does this make sense in real time? They messed that up a little bit. They that that kind of made it for me un unrealistically a. Yes, it's unrealistic. These are superhero films, but it's it broke the story for me, especially with Captain America going back and not coming back. That kind of broke the story for me. Um, then the other thing that broke the story for me, if you think about um, how the Hulk snapped his fingers and what happened to him, and how his it's gamma energy, he should be able to like he can handle. It's made for him, right? Mm-hmm. And then. When, Iron Man grabs the, the 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 Infinity Stones. We have to recall back to Guardians of the Galaxy, where they said no human can really touch the stones. Peter Quill was technically a god when he touched the stones. Iron Man's a human being. One of those, him touching the one stone, even though it's through his armor, he shouldn't have the ability to snap his fingers at that point. I get. Him. I know we can go back and forth, but go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, but that—that is—that's a whole nother. We can have that whole conversation. We'll, we'll do an Endgame podcast, I'm sure. But those <laughs> are the things that broke the film for me. You had a lot of good feel-good moments to get you to the ending of the film, which was saved it for me. The the girl power moment where it was all the film, female superheroes together gave me the hope for maybe seeing a next one of the, the female movies or um, the sheer fact of bringing everyone in. The uh, That is America's ass. Um, that <laughs> things to uh, um, callback. They had a bunch of callbacks in the film. Doing the CGI on Hank Pym was kind of a little rough there. Um, but it was okay. Can, can like You spent a lot of CGI on the big fight scene. Understandable. Oh, and, and to see, you know, the sad parts at the end, very, very important. One other thing they could have done to help a lot of people out so I can stop seeing it on Reddit is that kid that's at the end of that freaking scene where they're saying goodbye to Tony Stark, the tall blonde kid. That's the kid from three. Stop asking the question. It's the kid that he helped. I'm tired of seeing the question on Reddit. Um, <laughs> but all in all, um, what is your thoughts on uh, school grade for this? Oh, it gets an A easily. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a um, it's an A. Um, all, all films hit at some level. I think it, it holds still to the, to this day for people to go back and watch them all. Absolutely. And wait, I know, I know we got about three more films to go over. We've been recording for some time. You want to do the other in uh, part two? 
No, let's do it. Let's get them out. What other three ones we have? We got Guardians and Spider-Man, right? Guardians, Doctor Strange, and Spider-Man. Doctor Strange. And Ant-Man. Doctor Strange and Ant... Well, we can't do Doctor Strange because we've only done two. So, oh, yeah, they certainly have. I'm sorry yeah, about that. Ant-Man we shouldn't really touch because well, some people have yet to probably see, including me. Um, Quantumania. Mm-hmm. And so we really have Guardians, which we can barely touch because it just came out. So we really just have Spider-Man. Okay, let's do Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Um, All we right. Can, we can do this relatively quick, sir. Um, I'll let you go because this I know this is up there for you. So go ahead. All right. Spider-Man Homecoming, released in 2017, gave us another depiction on the current Spider-Man that is within or associated with the MCU. I have to watch my words there very carefully. <laughs> um, so we have Tom Holland Spider-Man, and in this film, it's not necessarily a, a backstory because we all know what happened to Spider-Man, but it is maybe just a a uh, update story of where Spider-Man is right now within today's world, so to say. Um, in this film, he did take over and uh, fight, or I guess you can call it fight, had a combatant with the Vulture and also, I guess you can call him Shocker in a sense, unassociated. Mm-hmm. I thought this film was, eh, it was a pretty, I, I, I guess it was a decent film. I still have trouble saying who my favorite Spider-Man is out of those three. Actually, I don't. But we could go there another day. Um, I know who you're talking about, too. <laughs> hey, bro, he's absolutely amazing. That's all I'll say. Um, a podcast for another day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was a pretty good one. Uh, no complaints for the most part. That was a nice, decent backstory. It's not one of the movies I'll be like, oh, my God, I'm watching Spider-Man Homecoming again today. I thought it was a nice depiction on what Spider-Man will look like in today's uh, high school. Yep. Um, why don't you do the other two? And then I'll kind of wrap it up with uh, my thoughts. Cool. We have Spider-Man Far From Home, which, in my opinion, I kind of, I, I, I was a bigger fan of this one. Um, you saw him go toe-to-toe with Mysterio. And honestly, looking back at it, I was like, well, how can you put Mysterio and make him like this huge, you know, big bad villain where he could have major bouts with? Honestly, it messed me up. So <laughs> major shout out to that writing because, hey, I... I Phenomenal job. Phenomenal job. I thought this one was actually pretty solid. You got to see how he would do with actually having Tony Stark's technology and putting that all together to be a better hero and understanding the concepts of what it took to put someone else's needs before yours. So shout out to Far From Home. And then you had No Way Home. This film, absolutely, positively, down to the T, was a drama. Nothing but it, it was it, it was some pretty solid, you know, fight scenes. But man, was this thing sad when you thought he couldn't lose anyone else? Man, he lost everybody quite literally. So I, hey, it, it was pretty solid. But we did get the meme that everybody wanted with Spider Man pointing at everybody. So <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. And uh, man. I thought it was a pretty decent trilogy. Honestly, this was an ascending trilogy to me. I thought Homecoming was pretty low, then Far From Home was good, and then No Way Home was absolutely great. Yep. Great films. Yep. So so what would your school grade be? Uh, for a trilogy, I would give this one a B plus. Wow. Okay, interesting. So from my aspect... I was so burnt out of Spider-Man films because of how many we had at that point 
that I didn't check out Homecoming until way later. It was already hitting on FX by the time I sat there and watched it. And when I sat down and I watched it, I'm like, damn, this is probably... And I'm a purist with comic book characters, and I know people don't like that term for it, but I like to see the the story of what the books are. I want to see the characters like this is how this is my childhood. I watch these characters be these type of people in these books. I don't want things to change. I want to see it on the screen, right? However, this is one of the only films I can honestly say that I was happy they made the changes for because it fits this time that we're in now. And watching this young kid go through high school to be a superhero. Um, I thought the film was relatively good. I, I was very impressed with the way they did it. I'm glad they didn't choose the the easy shot of Green Goblin. They went with the Vulture instead. Um, fantastic idea that kind of got you that feeling that maybe we'll get a Sinister Six here at the very end with the, the, the scene. Um, something that they always talked about doing originally. Mm-hmm. Um, going into two, I was never here a, a huge Mysterio fan. Um just because of in the books, I wasn't a fan of that, I guess you can say. And I just, I don't have a really shout to why just not, but um, beyond that, that film hit on so many different levels. It was right after end game. It, it had, you had to deal again with mental health. You had to hit like a young kid trying to take in everything he has and try to still be grounded. It was phenomenal. They did a great job with that film. Um, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal killed it in his role. Very believable. The fight scene in that mysterious realm where he's just hitting him out of nowhere. Amazing. On the bridge, having the spider sense to know that he's about ready to hit him with something. Amazing. Um, and then, uh, No Way Home. That film. <sighs> Dude. <laughs> It is something else. That film really, really made you feel like he is the Spider-Man of Spider-Mans because everything, anything you know about Spider-Man, Spider-Man Peter Parker has nothing but tragedy in his life. That is what his core is. And that film is nothing but tragedy to Peter Parker by his own mistakes. Phenomenal storytelling. Um yeah, man, I would give that uh, – my my school grade is an A-plus for that. I really thought that it was a, one of the only trilogies I can think of in all trilogies, not just in MCU, but all of them that, like you said, it ascends. It, every film just gets better and better afterwards. Agreed. Um, and that's – they get an A-plus. So, um, yeah, man. But I just want to – before we wrap this up and let you say your goodbyes, I just got to recap the grades here. I wrote them down so you're aware of um, you're the first person to give any movie a B. So we'll start with Blade here. Ryan gave it an F. Chase gave it a D plus. Spider-Man Tobey Maguire franchise. Chase gave it a C. Ryan gave it a... Uh, I'm sorry, you gave it a C minus. I gave it a C. We move on to X-Men, the original one. Chase gave mm-hmm. it a C minus. I gave it a D. We're a lot harder than we realized, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> X-Men first class uh, trilogy... Uh, Chase gave that a D minus. I agreed with a D minus. Wolverine, Chase gave that uh, French uh, trilogy a C. I gave that a C minus. Iron Man, I gave that a C plus. You, this is I, I didn't put this in order as we were talking, but I think this is the first time I was actually higher than you as we were talking <laughs> before the flip. But you gave it a C. Avengers, we agreed as an A. Thor, um, you gave it a D plus. I gave it a D. <sighs> which was sad. Yeah. I know. Yeah. 
Captain America, we were off just by a little. You gave it an A minus. I gave it an A plus. And then, of course, lastly, Spider Man, you gave it a B plus. I gave it an A plus. And that's how we graded these, the trilogies as they are. I'm sure we will cover these again in some fashion when we do our lists um, as they develop more. Um, before I let you say your goodbye, sir, just a couple of things for the fans that are actually tuning in. Thank you again. Um, we are seeing the numbers come in, showing that we need to keep on doing this because there's other people that like to hear this. So thank you again. Can't believe what we're seeing already. Massive, massive appreciation to all of you. Um, and if you don't mind, Chase, before you say your goodbyes to everyone, I just want to give some some thoughts for people to realize what other things that we will be talking about. Um, upcoming stuff, there will be uh, a showcase on uh, some wrestling information for the wrestling fans. Chase and I are going to be uh, doing our first YouTube video, which is going to be playing board games on date nights um, for you guys, to, for your enjoyment, to see how we are with our significant others playing board games and how competitive fun that will be and amount of laughter. Um, we'll be talking some other some other key issues besides comic books coming up. But with ado, sir, I'll let you say goodbye to everyone. Hey, everybody, as Brian mentioned, cannot tell you how many thank yous we could give you for your time and just listening in on our opinions and our views on the world in general and continue to stay prosperous, stay powerful and stay precise. We will continue to be back to back and drop some more episodes. We appreciate you. Love you all. Take it easy. And our spider tingle. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, I was going to say the Spidey Tingle is saying that you will be listening again soon. Take us out.